0: Yeah, it's Buku One here. One thing I know, every good podcast deserves its own theme song. Oh, for sure. And this one most definitely deserves its own theme song. We changing the game on the name, put respect. Uncle Dad talks, yeah, live and direct. What did you expect from the two fly guys? One loved Kevin Smith, one of more's golden eye. Mike's the level-headed, baby gave edits. Uncle Dad gets nervous all the time, but to his credit, he's clever. Spring stuff on Mike on a daily. And can mangle up a name amazingly. The range of events and topics makes it hard to stop listening. So why even attempt it? From bare knuckle fighting, to Grammy songwriting, to Burning Man Flames, to Firefighter Video Game.
1: Well all right, all right, all right. Uncle Dad is here, and we're at somewhere very special. And obviously I don't come alone. I got my main man, my ace, the legend, the myth, the hero, the captain, my captain, what's up?
2: Hi, that's too much for me. (laughs) What do you mean? That's too many intro words.
1: I feel like that's my thing now, too many intro words.
2: Oh, that's your new thing? <laughs> okay, new thing. All right, thank you. Hi. Every
1: week, Uncle Dad will have a new thing.
2: That's your new, all right,
3: okay.
2: <laughs> And that's my new thing, too. I see the, the pattern here, yes.
1: <laughs> the pattern of new things. So, Mike, we are here at motherfucking Comic-Con. Now, you have done Comic-Con probably for 20-plus years, correct?
2: <laughs> about, yeah, about 20 years. About so, well, I attended but I, I, I haven't been uh, exhibiting here for 20 years, but I've been coming for, yes, 20 years. So you have, Minus a year or two in, in the mix.
1: Now you've seen everything kind of evolve, right? Like you've seen it from when it was really about comics until where it's at now, right?
2: Yeah, I remember the first year I came, it was a big deal that eBay had a booth here and no one really knew what eBay was at the time. Yeah, and, and each year, well not each year, but over the years, yes, the comics, section has gotten smaller and more condensed and pushed over there. Over there in the side, yeah.
1: (laughs) You know, but they're still here. There's a representation, that's all that matters. So we're here covering it, we're gonna be here all week. Today is actually Wednesday, Uh, it's the preview night. Uh, Preview night, tell me, how's it been for you so far? Because the thing is, you actually have a booth here representing Captain A-hole, but you're not alone in this booth, correct? That's correct. You want to say, well, who's here?
2: Yeah, so, you know, the last many years I've been coming to Comic-Con, I come with my uh, partner in the Phantom Monster collaboration, which is Brandon Bracamonte. He's the monster, I'm the Phantom.
1: <sighs> I actually never knew that. Is that really what it is?
2: That's correct. Because if you take the words Phantom and rear the letters of Phantom and rearrange them, it says, it spells out Hampton. What? I think there's a, there is a word for that. I, it, it eludes me at the moment.
1: Dude, I never, never knew that. As long as I've known you, I've never knew that. You learn a lot of things in life, and <laughs> you just learned one of them. I, I did. I, I Color me impressed, my friend. Uh, so. You are colored. <laughs> I am colored, you're right, yes. I'm a man of color. Uh, so anyways. <laughs> yeah, and we also have, you know, we have
2: some help. We have, uh, we have Sarah and Mel here helping with uh, sales, and then uh, Josette. Uh, created a VR component to my latest issue of Captain A-Hole. And so we have uh, a VR set up here at the booth that people can try, which I have not ever seen at Comic-Con.
1: Yeah, I haven't seen like a, at least like a small press thing do that at all. Like, It's awesome that you guys are doing that. And I think uh, what's exciting about it, it's great to see the book kind of come to life. And I told you that this, the finger tracking is amazing. You know, and even when we went to GDC, or no, yeah, GDC, we didn't really even see that much finger tracking and H- uh, hand tracking. I'm sorry. Well, it's technically finger tracking, but hand tracking, Diego.
2: That's the. T- I think, I think that's the, technically that's te-
1: the technical term. Well, I'm the uncle dad term. Well, yeah, you do do that. <laughs> I do do that exactly. So it's the it's the finger whatever hand tracking whatever hand tracking. Uh, yeah, it's amazing, and I and I I, I can't. Encourage anybody enough to check it out. You can actually get it on SideQuest.
2: That's right.
1: Yeah, get it on SideQuest. It's free, right? There's no cost to it, correct?
2: SideQuest VR. No, yeah. That, there's no, there's no cost.
1: That's incredible. So yeah, go check it out. You get to hear not, not only do you get to hear Mike's voice here, but now you can hear it in VR. And then tell me, Mike. Let me tell you this. Your voice sounds good in VR. Well, thank you. <laughs>
2: that's it (laughs) better than this and uh... better than on the podcast
1: you know i think it's only better in vr because i put the headphones on and then i'm looking around it's like you're with me like you're holding me in the bathroom
2: that's the experience i wanted to create is like i'm holding
1: you in the bathroom (laughs) then you achieved it my friend you achieved it you you specifically (laughs) thank you thank you my feet do look like that so there you go So anyways, uh, we are here, we're going to be here all week. We've got some pretty great interviews lined up. I just did an event for Netflix, Mike. Do you want to hear about that real fast? Sure, yeah. Uh, we got to check out The Gray Man, which is a new movie coming out with uh, Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans, directed by the Russo brothers who did Avengers. Uh, I got to do, it's a Netflix experience and we're becoming pretty common with that now. Uh, and the Netflix experience made me get into the world of being an agent and passing all these tasks. Now, do you think I passed these tasks? No. <laughs> I did, I did. But barely. <laughs> that I believe. <laughs> but what was really neat is that it's so immersive, like you're in a subway train, and you have to find a way to get out in 30 seconds. Yeah. And it's intense, dude. Uh, it was, and you also got free beer, free food. So it sounds like a good time, right?
2: It sounds like all the things we like. <laughs> exactly. Yes. yes.
1: Well, then we're going to interview the man who created it, the creator of the design, uh, Patrick Jung. He's going to be on later on the show, uh, this episode. So be sure to listen to that, Mike, so you can learn about what happened.
2: i uh, listen to the episode.
1: You should. You should. Now, Mike, what, what, what else do we got lined up this week? Do you know? What else do we have lined up? Yeah.
2: We have some interviews lined up.
1: <laughs> Meaning he didn't read the outline yet, but that's okay. <laughs> that's
2: I, a... I have not read the outline yet.
1: But that's, hey, here at Uncle Dad, what do we do best? We win get the best. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot going on, so... <laughs> You're right. There's a lot going on for sure, but anyways, Mike, we're gonna check in consistently this week. Uh, we have lots of great stuff planned. Um, before we go though, do you want to like kind of say where they can buy the new Captain A Hole?
2: Yeah. So if you want to check out the uh, VR experience that we talked about, I-, I think you just have to look up the uh, Captain A Hole, A Hole on the uh, SideQuest VR. And um, if you want to check out the comic, it's on the website mycaptainark.com. And if well, I guess when this airs, they won't be at Comic-Con, so never mind. So those places.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. And then what about uh, uh, your mans?
2: Um, well, I don't. I think you have to check him out on Instagram, which is at the Monster.
1: Okay. Well, that sounds good. We'll be back.
2: Hopefully, we can even have him on the show, maybe, finally. I think we'll finally get him on the show. I think we can finally get him.
1: We're going to get him. I love it. I love it. All right, buddy. We'll be right back after this awesome break. All right, Uncle Dad here with Mike. Mike, say hello. Hello, hello. Uh, we are here with Ben Switterski the vice president of e-commerce. Is that correct? That is correct. See, I didn't mess it up. I'm so proud of myself. Uh, can you tell us uh, kind of what uh, we're here? Because it's not Upper Deck, correct?
4: It's a part of Upper Deck. Oh, okay. So, um, Collect Forever is a new website that we just launched um, that builds upon our Upper Deck EPAC platform, which launched about seven years ago. And Upper Deck EPAC was a way for collectors to go online and purchase and open packs of physical trading cards, and allowed them to open those packs, store them, trade them with other collectors, and then also ship them home. Because so these aren't digital trading cards; they're actually physical trading cards that we allowed um, to store them uh, for free on our website. So. We've built that up. It's become a destination for collectors, a collecting community online. And now we've launched an extension to that with Collect Forever. So Collect Forever now is a a website where you can purchase comics and other collectibles. And then you have the option if you want to ship them home, we'll ship them to you. But you also have the option to move them over to your um, Upper Deck ePack account, where we'll store and vault all the collectibles that you purchase on Collect Forever for you for free. Uh, you can view them on time, uh, online anytime you want to. And then you can also trade um, all those collectibles that are found on Upper Deck ePack with all the other collectors that are on the site, free of charge as well. And then if you want to have it shipped home to you, you can. So we're offering a lot of flexibility and value-add to collectors. Uh, it's a great um, solution to storage space. Uh, so if you got hundreds of comics, Funko co Pops, storage can kind of become an issue, we solve that for you when you purchase through our platform. Uh, and then with the, the launch of Collect Forever, again, as I mentioned, um, you know we're selling comics and Funko's what we started with there. Uh, there's some very unique aspects to the comics that we're selling through Collect Forever. So all the comics are pre-ordered. Uh, we're offering all the, the Marvel and DC pre-orders right now. But when the comics come in, they come direct from the manufacturer and then we soft-slab them and encase them in a soft plastic case. It also includes an information label on them. So you're guaranteed authenticity as well as condition, because it goes straight from the manufacturer into a soft slab. Um, in addition, you have a random shot at getting some of the rare variants um, that you might not have an opportunity to purchase. So when you purchase a comic with us, if there are rare variants available, we actually give you a random chance of getting that rare um, cover, as opposed to just the, the regular cover that you were looking to purchase.
1: Wow, that was a lot to take in, because that's a lot of great information, uh, Mike. Yeah, I know we always talk a lot about space and, you know, too much stuff and whatnot. What is your thoughts on this new platform? I mean, it's
2: it's like several different things in one. You're like a public storage, but for comics and collectibles. You're not grading comics, but you're kind of slabbing them like a CGC would. Um, you're also, it's not like an NFT where you're. it's just a digital piece of art, but you can trade exactly. your art without the actual physical book. So you guys are like a, a mashup of everything that everyone needs in one little,
4: not little, but one thing, right? Yeah, and that was the, the goal behind you know, Epac and Collect Forever, was to create this place for, it satisfies the needs, every need for a collector all in one spot. Uh, so where you can buy, you can shop, you can store, you can trade, view your collection. Anything that a collector wants to do, they can do on our website.
1: Wow. I, I, <laughs> I'm like kind of blown away by this. It's this a pretty genius idea, right, Mike?
4: I, it's where we're at now in the world.
1: <laughs> yes. So what is the cost to be a part of it?
4: So there's there's no subscription fee. Uh, so you just you buy the, the collectibles through us. If you want to store it with us, that's free of charge. It's included in, in the price of the collectibles. So there is no subscription fee here. Just buy the collectibles with us and then you can take advantage of all the, the value add that we offer. Really? <laughs> So, what in trading cards as well, like trading Upper Deck? As well. Yeah, you can go to Upper Deck EPAC and uh, buy and open uh, packs of trading cards there. And what are the chances of, of getting like a, a sketch card in, in the trading pack? It all depends on the types of products. Um, so, all the different products have different ratios uh, and different content and inserts in those. Um, but if you go to UpperdekEPAC.com, you can see all of the entertainment and uh, Marvel trading cards that we have for offer there. And you can also trade for it. So, you know, if you didn't pull a sketch card in the pack, uh, but you saw one that another collector had in our trading marketplace, you can then offer up a trade and trade for the stuff that you're looking for there as well.
1: That's that's genius, man. Like I can't say that enough, that's incredible. So I, I have to ask, probably, hopefully this isn't a weird question, but are things insured? Like if I have it there, am I gonna guarantee it's in a good condition?
4: Yeah. yeah. So, so you also, you know, the image that you see um, on the website of your collectibles are actually images of your specific collectible. Every single item is tagged with a GUID, and the image that you have of your collectible is unique. So what you see is what you own, and if you ever wanted to ship, if you have a, a card that's serial numbered one of 99 or three of 100, you're getting that exact item. So you can see the condition, you can see all that stuff uh, when you ship it home. Wow. It's pretty cool. So I asked about the sketch cards, because I'm currently doing a set of sketch, sketch cards
2: for Everdeck. So I might go on there and see if I can find one of my own sketch cards, because that's a very fun and narcissistic thing to do.
1: Right? <laughs> are, you, are you really? I didn't know that. <laughs> wow, look at you. A little Comic-Con exclusive there. I like it. Now, is this platform ready to go right now?
4: Yeah, you can go to collectforever.com. You can pre-order comics. We just dropped a uh, exclusive Michael Jordan Funko there as well that you can purchase. And, uh, you know, just like the comics, uh, if you purchase a Funko with us and decide to transfer it to your Upper Deck EPAC account, we'll store that Funko for you, or you can even trade that Funko as well.
1: Ben, thank you again. That was very insightful, very informative. I'm honestly probably going to sign up because I love collecting comics, but I hate all the space it takes. Yeah, yeah. So if I can just know that it's somewhere safe and whatever, yeah, awesome.
2: Okay, so I'm a big NBA fan. Obviously, I would love Michael Jordan. I'm looking at the pop here in the case. And he's got a number 12 jersey on, which is, I'm confused. What, do you,
4: can you explain? So there, there was one game that Michael Jordan played in where they lost his jersey. So he had to wear the number 12. Didn't have a name on the back. And just like that, our fungo has no Jordan name on the back. That's right. That's a deep cut. And I, when you said that, I remembered that. That's so cool.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh. Mike, you need to do it right now. You need to sign up to get one. <laughs> can you get one? I mean, how does that work? You
4: just, just go to CluckForever.com and you can buy it right now. Look at that, Mike. Do
1: it. Do it. I'm going to buy it right now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, man. I truly appreciate it. You're quite welcome. Take care. All right, Uncle Dad and Mike here. Mike, say hello as always. Hello, hello. Uh, we are here with somebody who I have been following for, a, honestly, a while. And I had loved this idea. The moment I saw it, literally my mind was blown because I was like, what a genius idea. Let me learn more about it. I wanted to have this guy on my show for such a long time. And now he's here at the Show of Shows Comic-Con. Let's give it up for the legendary, soon to be legendary,
0: David Crownson. Thank you so much. No one's ever described me as legendary. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take it. You should. I mean,
1: this is legendary in the making, I would say.
2: I mean, the stories are legendary, and you're embellishing them to make them even more legendary.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like, just basically taking what is already iconic and great, and uh, I'm like, oh, like, it's kind of like, what if, you know, like, like, what if this was a thing, and then treating it uh, as a real grounded thing that vampires exist in this world, and how would Harriet Tubman react to this, and also like, what, what, like, we already know Harriet Tubman is already a superhero in her own right. So, like, the, it was mainly just researching the real-life true story. But I was like, all right, she knows martial arts now. You know, <laughs> it's, still, it's, still, it's, still the same, it's still the same energy and still an incredible human being.
1: Yeah, so I, I think I didn't mention this right away, but it's Harriet Tubman, Demon Slayer. Uh, David Cranston is the creator of this. Now, wh- what made you kind of just go, you know what, I want to do this. I want to combine these worlds. What made you do that?
0: I just wanted to scare racist white people. That's all. That was that was the whole thing. No, no I'm kidding. Well, well, that too. But yeah, um, yeah. I was on vacation in uh, Ghana, West Africa. I was like taking a break just to get away, and uh, I was watching a Harriet Tubman documentary. And I was like, "Oh, cool! Like I'm in Africa, and I'm watching Harriet Tubman documentary. This is great!" <laughs> and like I was eating like fried chicken. I'm like, "This is the blackest thing ever." Um, true story. That's actually that actually happened. Ghana has amazing food. Please travel there. Um, but yeah, I was watching a Harriet Tubman documentary, and uh, was just kind of channel surfing when that ended, and then I stumbled on hum- um, Crouch and Tiger Hidden Dragon. And it was the ending fight scene with Katana, the Katana fight scene with Zhang Zi and Michelle Yao. And I was like, yo, this is so dope. I love this movie. It's one of my favorite movies. And then immediately after that, Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters came on and I was like, oh, snap. I really wanted to watch this movie. But I never got a chance to watch it. And then I watched it. And unfortunately, <laughs> I did not love this movie. No I didn't either. <laughs> no, no disrespect. It's really hard to make a, like a move. It's hard to make anything great, knowing this now as a creative writer. So I was writing in my journal, and uh, three things stood out when I was journaling. And the three things that stood out to me were Harriet Tubman, katana fight scene, witch hunters, and then something in my head was like, "What if Harriet Tubman like knew martial arts?" like the same way, like in Crouch Tiger, Hidden Dragon, like that same choreography, but she's beating up a racist werewolf. And then I was like, Harriet it's up in Demon Slayer. And then I just like started thinking of the idea and all the possibilities. And just uh, when I got back into the States, um, I found like a book called Words for Pictures. It was basically how to write comic books by Brian Michael Bendis. And I was like, it's a comic book, I'll make it a comic. Cause I know what it was gonna be. I just like, I loved the, the visual idea. Yeah, yeah of Harriet Tubman as like a ninja warrior. And uh, yeah, and then I started researching the real life Harriet Tubman, and then basing the story around that, like when she was a fugitive, like she was considered the most dangerous person in America. It's a big deal in the 1800s. Like people are like robbing trains, but like, 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 let's let's get this woman, (laughs) you know? So she's considered extremely dangerous, High rewards, if either like I think it, it was found out to be untrue, but sometimes people said like forty thousand, which is a lot of money today. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That's a lot of money today, yeah. but back then that's like forty million dollars, yes, yes, yes. or even like I think at first it was like eight hundred dollars. Yeah. Lot, yeah, it's, that's a lot of money to me as, as well. <laughs> but still, like that's still like that's like eight thousand something, eighty thousand dollars. Like that's like people wanted her badly, yes. and she still kept going. So uh, and I
1: think that's like the big key in creativity is always keep going, right? It's almost yeah. like a parable to that too. Is keep going, keep doing it. Yeah. So can I ask you, what did you do before comics?
0: I, I'm an I'm an actor, and my background is in acting, cool. and uh, but I still act. Uh, what actually what led to me making this was I auditioned for this independent movie called Star Wars: The Force Awakens, and I didn't get the part. Um, the, this unknown actor uh, who's a nobody named John Boyega got the part. <laughs> Uh, and a and a no and a no name director. Wait, what was his name again? Uh, John Boyega, and some known It was directed by an art house director named Jeffrey James Abrams. <laughs> um, total art Wait, what was his name again? Uh, Jeffrey James Abrams, uh, uh, art house director. Great guy. Like I love all his independent movies. Um, Especially, uh, uh, I love his shows, Felicity, and uh, his, his, I like the character dramas in uh, Mission Impossible 3. But like, you know, uh, b- great director. But, yeah, I didn't get the part, so I was kind of like depressed and sad. So I like, I gave up my jobs and, because I lived in New York City, so jobs, plural, and, and moved to Ghana, West Africa, where my family's from originally. And like that's what led to it. Like like if I if, like if I had gotten Star Wars, that would have been great <laughs> and amazing. But like I'm kind of I'm glad it happened because it led to me creating something that I'm really passionate about and something that I enjoy doing.
1: That's that's incredible, Mike.
2: Yeah, I mean it's always like, <clears throat> you follow you follow the path of what what is true to you, right? And 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 if you're doing something that's your own creative passion, something that you love, something that you actually really care about. Like, the energy behind that and your fulfillment in in this earth is, it's unparalleled. I mean, sure, you could play an actor in someone else's story, but you're kind of writing your own story.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And just kind of, you know, being my own boss in a way and uh, kind of adding more responsibility. Because people say, like, yo, I'm my own boss. Answer to me. That's all. (laughs) I ain't got to do nothing. It's like, no, no, no. It's more work. (laughs) And, and, And even more, like, responsibility and being on top of your stuff. Um, so, yeah, like it was a lot of, uh, but it it was empowering. It was a, it was an extraordinary, empowering time. That's,
1: man, that just gets me
2: so excited. Yeah, I mean, it's what you get into this stuff for is to, is to have those kind of opportunities and congrats to you. And, and so you're, the word on the street is, is that this might be becoming a show.
0: Yes, it's going to be a TV show with, uh, executive producer Prentice Penny who was the uh, writer-showrunner on HBO's Insecure and the writer-director on Uncorked, and he's amazing. I love working with the guy.
2: I've been doing my own comics for, I'll just say, a long time. And I <laughs> have, and I haven't, I don't have a show. And you, you just started, and you have a show. So congrats to you. I'm, I'm very happy for you. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I didn't just start. Uh, well, like, th- this idea came to me in 2014. Oh. 2015 was, was research and writing and uh, what's it called, finding like, trying to find artists. But then 2016, I found an artist. And then 2016 was doing a Kickstarter. 2017, self-publishing. And then 2018 was just kind of me, just from 2018 to now was like, yo, let me just make more comics and more content and uh, try to like get this out there. And then, you know, some people would say, hey, this this will be a cool TV show. But like, they had, they had terrible ideas. <laughs> Like, I think my my favorite true Hollywood story is like, hey, David, we should make Harriet Tubman Demon Slayer into a TV show. And I was like, I'm like, thanks, Hollywood. That's a great idea. What if Beyonce was Harriet Tubman? And I was like, um, yeah, is it a musical? (laughs) Uh, i like, I think that was uh, like, we're laughing. Like I asked that seriously. They're like, (laughs) 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 she can do the soundtrack of it, David. And I was like, I'm like, okay. He's like, yeah, we'll get we'll get Beyonce to be Harriet Tubman. It's gonna be great. And I was like, um, I'm like, yeah, I have I have some questions. Because like, I was trying, I was, I was like, you know, keep it real, everybody. I was kind of, I was almost homeless. This is how, this is how hard this challenge is. This is how hard this walk is and journey is. I was about to be homeless or like be like, hey mom, you're gonna be my roommate. Um. So like, it, it was teetering on that. So I'm like, okay. What if Beyonce was not Harriet Tubman? Like David, we're only gonna do this if, if Beyonce is Harriet Tubman. That's the only way we're gonna do it. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like. So I was like, so I'm driving. I'm like, think I'm like, okay, maybe I can like just tell people I can use this money to just. <laughs> but then they say, David, uh, Beyonce is not going to do this, so we're not doing this with you anymore because we want we we want Beyonce to be Harriet Tubman. So I was like, dang. But yeah, so, so that was life, or, or uh, God, I believe in God, was like, yeah, well, yeah, that shit's not gonna happen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, but it always leads you to something else, right? Oh, yeah, like, yeah, that's like, the thing.
0: Like, there was also, like, I met lots of cool, awesome people along the way, but meeting Prentice was great. He is just a creative uh, genius, and just just really smart and just super nice and kind. Like, he's one of the good ones.
1: That's, that's awesome. Uh, now, as we wrap up here, where, Mike, do you have any more questions?
0: Where can people find you?
2: <laughs>
0: you can find me in New Jersey. No, I'm kidding. Uh, you can you can uh, follow me on Instagram at d Crownson and uh, uh, you can follow my uh, my my company, uh, Kingwood underscore Comics. Um, what's it called? If you Google Harriet Tubman, Demon Slayer, a bunch of stuff will pop up. I promise, I'm very easy to find. But yeah, like, uh, and also uh, www.kingwoodcomics.com if you want to order the uh, graphic novel. Awesome,
1: Uh, David. Thank you so much for taking the time. I'm. It's truly honored to talk to you because it's been such a. I've been a big fan of seeing you grow and this whole journey. So, just. The hearing what you told us, you know, off mic, I'm just very excited for that future for you. And thank it sounds you. like you worked hard for it, and you deserve that. So you know what? Uh, when that when that happens, we'll be there, and maybe we can have you back on the to dive, talk uh, about yes, that.
0: Please. I would love that. Yes, please. And thank you so much. And please have me on again. I would love to be. On. What
2: do you think, Mike? Yeah, we'll come to New Jersey. We'll stay on your couch.
0: Oh. Awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Please come to Jersey, or like, if I'm living like my girlfriend moved to LA for work, so now like I have to move. Like California.
1: <laughs> well, we're for, we're in the San Francisco area.
0: Oh, okay. So yeah.
1: if you if you do a con out there, let us know, and then we can make something happen.
0: All right, all right. We, we, WonderCon, I will hit you up. Oh, WonderCon's in San Francisco? It used to be. So. It used to be. Uh, oh, oh no, it's not anymore. Yeah. yeah, it's old school. They
1: had the new fat Expo coming there. All
0: right. Well, yeah. Uh, the, well, listen, I will definitely be in San Francisco <laughs> anyway. I like. I know there's definitely a comic book store that'll host me. So uh, when I'm there, I'll I'll give you a ring.
1: Please do. Please do. Thank you so much, David. Uh, Again, everybody, go support that. Go support just true craftsmanship. Thank you so much. All right, Uncle Dad and Mike here again. Mike, as always, say hello. Hi. Uh, We are with Regine Sawyer of Wink. Can you explain what Wink is, Regine?
5: WINK is Women in Comics Collective International. We are an organization that helps and supports women and non, gender non-conforming folks working in the comic book industry.
1: Okay, so I have a couple questions here. This is, uh, you told me something fascinating, that this is your 10 year anniversary. Yeah. Yes, so let's talk about those 10 years. What does that journey look like? In, in the shortest form, of course.
5: <laughs> I mean, the, the journey was very organic, I have to say. I mean, we started as sort of a, a grassroots, and we're still grassroots, but a community organization, and we've grown to be an official nonprofit. Um, And from just doing local shows, and we still do local shows, by the way, local shows in New York, we've grown to doing uh, shows and events across the country. And those shows entail like doing panel discussions, workshops, art shows, um, drawing events, like drink, draw and pull. So we've expanded our roster of of events that we do.
1: Now, this is uh, located in all across the world or is it just uh, in one location?
5: Well, we're based in New York City. Um, but people can access us from all over the world. So especially during the pandemic, we did a lot of virtual events. So folks from from Guatemala, all the way to all the way to Cameroon, wow. we were like, yeah, we were interacting with and have and like doing virtual of, events with.
1: That's that's incredible, Mike. Do you have? A-
2: yeah. So it's like a, it's a community that exists anywhere. So you're located in obviously like you said New York, but people can connect with you. All over the world, and that's the community. So, like, there could be groups in different cities, like even here in San Diego, yeah?
5: Yeah, absolutely. We have members here in San Diego, we have members in LA, um, all over the West Coast and, and the East Coast, and some folks in between.
1: <laughs> so, so, now, uh, when we talk about women in comics, you know, are these all like just independent artists and independent writers?
5: No, we have folks that work for the mainstream and also do independent work. We also have educators. We have journalists, folks who work in, in pop culture media. So it's definitely expanded in that way as well. Wow, yeah.
1: that, that's incredible. It, it, it's so great seeing these organizations kind of like just appear like I was never aware of this, but now that I'm aware of it, it's like, I want to be more conscious of what I've kind of like, look into when I buy and stuff. Because uh, I do believe they're really, especially women, there's really not a lot of women in, in writing comics or, you know, doing comics and there needs to be more. And the, the fact that, you know, you have that voice to get you know, women of you know all 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 races, all genders out there. I think it's something that you should be so proud of because it's such a a very honorable like you know uphill battle, and I think it's great.
5: No, I mean, I it, there's always more work to do. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a, I try to take time to appreciate what's done, but my mind is like, okay, what's next? What's next? Because there's always more. So there's there's women that have been in here in the beginning, working in comics, but due to history, a lot of things affected that um, that's another conversation but another day <laughs> and what what truly happened was a lot of a lot of women at least the ones that i know and gender non-conforming folks decided you know what i'm safer if i'm just doing work at home sending it in like it's not safe to go to conventions go to go to comic book shops like the way people respond to me is adverse so now i mean especially since we were established that that feeling is still a little bit there for some folks but once people see like oh there's an organization that can help me and be there for me there's folks that look like me like we can like that's someone i can communicate with and and commiserate with so so you start seeing more and more people that that don't look like you know the original fandom (laughs) writerdom and artistdom that people are used to seeing
2: Wow, uh, Mike, you have everything that. Well, yeah, and I just think it's great because you know it broadens the horizon of what what we as readers, comic book readers, get to have. It's not all the same story told from a different, same type of person, right? You get some actual variation from different cultures and ways of thinking, which I feel like I feel like that's starting to happen more in comics and in movies. And we just need more. And so, thank goodness that it's that you exist and that that you're here. It, it, I think, people just knowing you're here helps them feel safe to come and open up and start their own comic and get a booth at a convention. Right? Beautiful.
5: That's so beautiful. <laughs> yeah, but it's definitely all about about nuance. You know, about telling sp- stories from different perspectives because those perspectives exist. You know, it's just like I'm like I'm here on this planet, and I have a different story to tell, uh, uh, like than like some someone else next to me, or like you for example, or or you. Like we all have different stories, and they deserve to be to be to be heard. You know.
1: I love that, and that's kind of like even with us on the show, it's how we look at the show too. Is we want to talk to all walks of life. It's not just celebrities. It's not just whoever. It's everybody, because everybody has a story to tell, just like you're saying. I think it's amazing. So thank you. How can our audience learn more? About uh, your organization,
5: absolutely. Well, they can check out womenincomicscollective.org on our website. We have how you can join. We have workshops, free workshops that you can that you can um, watch. Um, we also have our magazine, Wink Magazine, that we we launched last year. That's on the website as well. You can also see us on social media. We're on Twitter <laughs> at Wink N Y C, W I N C N Y C on. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, on on all the things.
1: You're on everything. I love it. And uh, Mike, are you making a
5: purchase?
2: Well, I saw that's that caught my eye. Uh, you mentioned drink and draw, yes. which which I've organized. But I see one a sticker on your table that says drink, draw, and pull with a woman on a pole, and I'm <laughs> excited.
5: Yes. So so I'm I've been doing pole fitness for over 10 years. Right. Um, it's been a while because the pandemic and your girl is tired. So <laughs> I, I so I have as I, so I have not been been to the studio in a long time. Um, hopefully I'll get back at some point. But Drink Drawing Pole was, was created because of my, my love of, of the movement and, and enjoying it. And I just figured like that would be great for artists to draw. Like 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 people who do fo- pole and do some wicked stuff on these on these poles. Just a way and it takes a lot of strength to do it. So I thought it'd be really cool for them to, to to draw those poses. So we've been doing the event since 2017. We've had probably about nine events altogether because we did two during the pandemic. We did, we did them virtually and we usually have different body types. We have different nationalities. So people get a variety of folks to draw. And that's so important for artists, you know, to draw still life in all the various different ways. So it's a really, really fun event. We have a great time. Wow,
1: so Mike, are you getting something? Well, I get one of the stickers. <laughs> okay, well, you get those stickers. Thank you so much for taking the time and time with us. I'm so excited to share this with our audience. Uh, You know, I think Mike's going to get to start getting the pole dancing too. So let's do it. Uh, Yeah. Okay. I love it. Thank you so much for Take care. Okay.
5: You You too. Thank you. Thank you.
1: All right. Uncle dad here. And we have a very fun little segment I'm bringing up. It hasn't happened in a while. I have a little bit of audience back there. If I can hear the audience, audience cheer. I love it, I love it. All right, Mike, let me ask you two questions, or one question, really. If you had to pick a movie that you loved, Jaws 2 or Batman Forever, which one would you choose?
2: Batman Forever.
1: Boy, did I, I was so glad you picked that. So what I need you to do is close your eyes, please cover your eyes, look at the other way. There's a little segment we haven't done here in a long time, and he's going to see it, and he's going to know exactly what it is. I'm going to show the audience. And (laughs) here we go. Wait, put it on the (laughs) nipple. Go ahead and now open your eyes. (laughs) Say that one more time. Yeah, fuck. So we did, uh, uh, for the audience in context, a while ago we did something called 80s Eats where I made him eat a piece of gum from a 1980s pack. Yeah. Well, Mike, we're bringing it back and you're going to eat some of that cereal. With beer. I should have known. (laughs) I should
2: have known that that was happening.
1: <laughs> so, Mike, go ahead and describe the box real quick.
2: Yeah, well, the last time we did this, it was in uh, the great state of New Orleans. And I ate the piece of gum that turned into powder in my mouth when I chewed on it. Um, and so now I have, you know, those little uh, cereal boxes that you buy when they come in like a five pack or a 10 pack. And it's like the mini little cereal boxes. And I used to love those when I was a kid. Um, this is Corn Flakes, but it's Batman.
1: Batman forever.
2: Forever. <laughs> yeah, cornflakes forever.
1: Now, the question is, are you ready? And are you going to need milk? Because I don't have any. <laughs> so you got to either do it with beer or do it with that. Some Jameson, some good old Jamie. Or you just take it dry. <laughs> I'll take it dry. <laughs> All right, Mike go ahead and take that i guess i will record that all right uh go ahead mike oh you got it okay so
2: i'm gonna open the package um so there's a, a sticker on here and it says town pantry and the cost for this at some point batman forever was what 95.
1: it's on. there's a year on there you should read the year yeah
2: 1995.
1: Cereal from 1995. How, 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 how many years is that? How many people were born here in
6: 1995?
3: <laughs> how many people were born here in
2: 1995? <laughs> how many people here were five in 1995? There's some five-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right, so 95. Um, <laughs> hold, on, hold on. He took the package 40, out? It's
2: eight, 17 years. All right, so I took the, 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 the bag of cornflakes out of the cardboard box. And now I'm holding the, the packaging and it's um
1: Just give me that ASMR. It looks it, <laughs> it looks real
2: foul. It's uh <laughs> some of it's kinda leaked <laughs> through the bag, like yeah, this weird nice. sand feeling.
1: I, I can see it there too.
2: It's on the table. Um all right, so now I'm opening the bag. And the, they're actually still flakes.
1: They're still flaky.
2: They're still flaky.
1: Dude, how do they smell? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> that was the joke. That was the joke. You're yeah, right. You forgot. Like, you no. <laughs> Let me smell it. Let me smell it. I'll smell it. Wow. They smell like 1995. <laughs> Do they? What does that smell like? <sighs> Broken dreams, I guess. I'm <laughs> not kidding. All right. So. Mike, how old are you 95?
2: 15. <laughs> 15. <laughs> All right, Mike. You're going to take a handful? All right. So I got, well, I got a. Pinchful. <laughs> There's about seven flakes. These are from nineteen ninety-five, which is seventeen years old. This is seventeen years old.
1: Okay. Well, everybody, let's cheer him on. Woo! Okay. Let's go. 17 years old. I know he
2: was wrong. <laughs> How many years? Well, it's twenty seven. I'm, right? <laughs> now. Yeah. I'm, I'm 28. twenty-eight. It was in nineteen ninety-five. I was born nope. in
6: 1995.
2: I know, I was just seeing if you guys caught, knew that. I, was, I knew that. Oh my
1: God, dude, the smell coming out of your mouth is horrendous. I'm not gonna swallow this.
3: <laughs>
1: and that's it, he just did 80s Eats. Hey, I, have, I have some questions. Do you have questions? Yeah. Are we taking audience questions? I guess yeah, we, are. we are. Okay.
3: What would have happened if you said Jaws
1: 2? Well, yeah, Mike, why don't you come awesome. back in? Yeah. <laughs> I love Jaws 2. <laughs> Who who does it so, actually? So
2: Brandon's gonna try Jaws too.
1: I think you are, Brandon. Yeah. Well, you're, gonna, you're gonna participate. Yeah,
2: Brandon. So for the listeners, I've talked about him many times on the show. <laughs> I I I've said his name. I I've said his name many times. I've referred to him. He's the other half of Phantom Monster, and we finally got him on the show. He's a hard one to catch. He's always busy, he's booked, he will not answer his phone, he's got, he's got to get through clearance. Only certain times he available. available. Um, now we've got him.
1: Now we've got him.
2: And I got him. We finally
1: got him. And welcome to 80s Eats. 80s Eats is a fun Everybody little thing. Ask me the same question. <laughs> but what do you mean? You already answered the question. I know, but it'll be funny. Okay, okay. If you had to choose a movie between Batman Forever and Jaws too. what would you choose?
3: Batman Forever.
1: <laughs> All right,
3: well, here you go. No, just, no. Jaws, Jaws 2. Jaws 2,
1: okay. Well, go ahead and close your eyes. Close your eyes. Mike, take your, take your hand out of there. <laughs> uh, go ahead and open it. <laughs> oh, I I was eat
3: fucking cereal. No, you
1: get the same experience well, Mike did. Of course, you do. <laughs>
3: well,
6: you have to
2: sign the card, and we're going to sell it. On, you should uh, si-
1: sign one card for us, please. I'm going
3: to keep the, the, my favorite one. Okay. Well,
1: hold well on, let tell me... the audience what it is first.
3: So it's a Jaws 2 bubblegum with cards and stickers.
1: What's the age on this one?
3: Holy moly! I don't have my glasses, so I'm gonna have to tell you. Yeah, 1970. That's worse. That's so Wait. much worse. 78. I was three. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even born. Actually, I was the little kid in Jaws too. <laughs> that, and you know, Michael took me on a deadly <laughs> boat trip. Oh, I like that picture yeah, a lot. I'm gonna keep. No, that one we gotta sell. That one's great. Yeah, you like guns. I love gum. <laughs> that one's cool. Cool. good. Though. I love this, but I got to keep them. Yeah, keep it. All right, here we go. I'm eating this gum.
1: All right, hold on. Describe the texture of the gum in your hand.
3: Um, it doesn't feel too bad. It actually feels smooth, but the powder and the preservatives are gone.
1: <laughs> so, it's probably just going to hit you. Yes,
3: um, we're going to do this. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it broke over my finger. <laughs>
1: Okay, so what just happened was the amazing Brandon here tested out the, the the strength of the gum, and he whipped it on his finger, and it instantly shattered
3: my finger. It cracked in half. It broke my finger.
1: <laughs> we don't have insurance here, so I don't have insurance at all. All right, so uh, are you excited to eat this? Yeah, it's fun. You guys ready? Uh, yes, I think we are. Okay, here we go.
3: Here we go. Are you ready? <laughs>
1: That was my tooth. <laughs>
3: Come on, I'm gonna make am I'm gonna blow a bubble.
6: Oh
1: my, God. he's gonna. He's
3: gonna try to blow a bubble. Put the rest of it. I'm gonna mouth. do the second part. Uh, like, it, he, he has more balls than you do. Is it liquefying in your mouth? It's not liquefying. <laughs> no. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but mine, when
3: when I I did Ghostbusters, on, I'm trying to put some saliva in it and get it going. It wouldn't liquefy. It's disappearing. <laughs> I don't think I'll be able to blow a bubble. (laughs) You probably shouldn't swallow it at all, honestly. It's it's gone. (laughs) What do you mean it's gone? Wait, you're not... You you took it. I was just chewing it. It It disappeared. It's gone. You took it. You know what it tastes like right now? It tastes like I just ate a balloon. (laughs) Or back in the 70s, we used to have these uh, little straws and you used to put the piece of... Toxic rubber on the end and blow bubbles.
1: Yeah, I know about that.
3: <laughs> I think that's what this gum was made of. <laughs> it's totally gone.
1: Okay.
2: Wait, uh, I I just want to know you you put that in your mouth and now it's gone.
3: It's gone. I didn't swallow it.
1: Your body.
3: It just it, <laughs> <just>, it <laughs> dissolves, I guess is the term.
1: Um, you and Jaws are now one and the same. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> you have part part shark in you now. But I definitely feel like
3: I just ate some plastic. <laughs>
1: Well, just know if you feel shitty tomorrow, that is not my fault or Mike's. No, I'll blame Mike. Okay, best do do that. Do that. That's what we always should. Everyone blames me.
3: I carry the I'm shame. That sure made of rubber. <laughs> but it was also. Oh, oh! It says, "This jaws jo- <clears throat> to card wrapper." The gum in it was bazooka gum. In the ad, it says it's the softest and juiciest. Great. And the Mori Povich results determined that that was a lie. <laughs>
2: It also says luscious grape and cherry flavors. I did
1: you feel, did grape you feel those flavors? Grape or cherry? <laughs> yeah, grape or
3: Both. cherry. Both. It's no. like a fruit salad. <laughs> uh, if I had to describe, like I said,
1: plastic and maybe pink.
6: Plastic and pink.
1: Wait, wait. You said pink? Old pink. Old pink. So, no. okay. Okay. So, Sarah, what card are you going to sign for us so we can include it to our collection?
3: No. <laughs> I really love the... You can have them all. Let's look at the numbers of them, I so. Just <laughs> <He
5: just eats. laughs> I know,
2: I, I spit that shit out. You he's still eating you it, it
1: I think he's a better, a better man than you know.
3: Well, let him take over. <laughs> okay, so the one, the one we'll sell and give away is number one in the pack, and it's even got the number one in the pack. And it says, stalked by the killer shark. And then I think that's Spanish, but I'm not sure. But that's me.
6: No, that's French. <laughs> oh, is it French? Oh, yeah. even cooler. Um,
3: number 46 in the deck. The the caption is The Shark's Meal. Oh, that's a good one. Whoa, look at that O face.
1: <laughs> that's literally, I was like, whoa, look at she was a. Uh, a little fun over there. It's like, oh no, I'm yeah. getting eaten oh, by no, a shark. I'm
3: getting eaten out by a shark. I mean, <laughs> eaten by a shark. It happens, you know? This one here, uh, it says the supreme moment of fear, and supreme is my new favorite word of the month. <laughs> okay. Um,
1: that's, that card right there is pretty dope.
3: I, I really like that one. I think this out. should represent, no, this is the one we gotta sell. Because <laughs> that's Jaws too. Yeah, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I like this one.
1: Well, the rest of them are yours. Sweet.
3: Yeah, I was three. You three. Oh, whoa, look at this. Oh, that's not number one. Oh, whoa, that's the same. OK, I was like, that's not number one, it's number seven. But no, it's, it's the same.
1: All <laughs> oh, right, well, you know what? Brandon, thank you so much for participating. I appreciate it. Um, you know, one day I think Mike is going to get me at this, because I haven't done it yet. So. Yeah, you know what you're going to eat. I don't. Yeah, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Yeah. All right, everybody. <laughs> we'll be right back after this.
3: many,
2: many more than I can put in one verse. Just subscribe, tune in to Uncle Dad's Multiverse.
1: All right. All right. All right. Uh, Uncle Dad and Mike here. Mike, say hello as always. Hello. Hello. Uh, we are with a Uncle Dad alumni. Uh, he's in the house again, or we're in his salon. One of those. Uh, let's give it up for Brian Volk Weiss. Hey.
6: Hello. Thank you for having me.
1: Thank you for being on again. It's it's actually quite uh an honor to meet you in person because I had such a blast doing that interview with you. So
6: You are uh literally way too kind. Uh, uh,
1: but no. thank you. It's the truth,
6: Mike.
2: <laughs> yeah, usually he's cutting and and slashing and making fun, so um the fact that he's being kind is actually nice. All right, I'll yeah. take
6: I could take it, by the way. Come at me. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah,
2: give him <laughs> what is you do that, to me. Uh,
6: it's been all too easy to, uh, I today. I will,
1: I will never do that to him. Right? Oh, <laughs> you very you kind. all day. I'll day. just to me. very kind. Uh, Yeah, so let's kind of check in. We're here, obviously, at Comic-Con. It's been such a blast. Uh, How has Comic-Con treated you so far?
6: Uh, I got in this morning. Uh, I came with uh, two of my children, uh, the one sleeping on the couch in the middle of the day. Uh, She was complaining about everything every six minutes. Uh, So we only walked the floor for about an hour. Uh, And then hopefully tomorrow morning, by myself, uh, I will go back to the floor and actually maybe do some shopping.
1: What are you looking for on the floor? What, what, are you, what are the things you're kind of like, okay, I want that, I want that.
6: So, uh, you know, obviously like probably everybody, it's like 99%, oh my God, I forgot about this, or oh my God, that's, I've always wanted one and the price is reasonable or the condition is good. And then there's like 1%, I'm looking for this, I'm looking for this, I'm looking for this. Swear to God, Tommy Chu, he is my witness. In my one hour today on the floor, I actually saw, and there's probably only about five things I'm actually looking for, and I actually saw one of those things I was looking for, like in the late 90s or early 2000s, Hasbro made a white hiss, Cobra hiss, you know, the tank? Oh, yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah, and I was shocked, first of all, how cheap it was, because there's a lot of talk lately about the hiss, because Cobra, uh, Cobra, uh, Hasbro, is putting out a huge has lab. Uh, it's like, I think it's like two feet long. So yeah, I, I didn't get it because I didn't have the cash on me. So hopefully tomorrow, or I don't know how late the floor is open today, I will go and get that white hiss. But that is literally one of like five things I've been looking for. That's how, and that never happens.
1: Maybe what we'll do is we'll have Mike go down there and then shake him down and make sure we have it for you. All right. <laughs> what do you think, Mike? I'll do the shakedown
6: yeah no, you do. oh i tried it wouldn't go down but it was a good it was a fair price was but
1: fair. you weren't dressed like ronald mcgruber
6: that you know, is true
2: Ronald MacGruber. that is
6: true you might you might have better luck than me i'm
1: the
2: first <laughs> ronald mcgruber ever so i believe that yeah <laughs> uh
1: mike go ahead and ask away I yeah, had well, something. Uh,
2: it, this is i take it this is not your first time at san Diego comic-con
6: can it is at a bare minimum uh, my ninth
2: ninth yes and And what really quick, before we get into what you're doing, which is really cool, what's one of the things you enjoy most about coming here, besides finding a hiss?
6: Well, unfortunately, this is very depressing, uh, but uh, if Eagle Moss had not gone bankrupt, uh, I would say go to the Eagle Moss booth.
1: That's right, because when he he was on our show, he talked a lot about Eagle Moss, and I remember looking that up right after you said that. I was like, this is so neat, but I didn't realize they...
6: It literally, by the way, I don't know if I said, I probably said this to you. How long ago did we talk?
1: That'd be like almost. It was a few months ago. A few months ago. It was a few.
2: Oh,
6: so I don't know if I told you this or yeah. not, but about five, probably about five years ago, I texted my wife. Uh, so I had sold a show or something and I'm like, hey baby, I got great news. And she wrote back, did Eagle Moss go bankrupt? So oh, you did
1: say that, yes. The, the, I remember
6: that. <laughs> by the way, I I did know the day was coming. Like there's just <laughs> no way they could do quality like that for yeah. those prices, which were really low. But so anyway, my answer would have been, which is what it had been for the last 10 years, go to the Eagle Moss booth. But they're bankrupt. If I had to guess, they're not here today. <laughs> so um it, I mean, without a doubt, it's seeing friends. It's like I'm at a point in my life now where it's like just walking around I mean I'm bumping it's funny five years ago I was here and I saw Todd McFarlane and like this was like I think it was before no 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 so it would have been about seven years ago it was before Toys That Made Us came out and I saw Todd McFarlane at the Hilton and I mean you would have thought it was like Tom Cruise Jesus and like Obama all in one and I like that's like I was like I can't believe it Todd McFarlane, and like you know, I bumped into him a couple of weeks ago at something. He's like, "Yo, Brian, but like, it, like, it's just weird." So to me, my answer to your question, maybe two or three years ago, would have been the floor, shopping, exploring, but now it's like bumping into friends, like Randy Falk from NECA is here. here, uh, Gates McFadden, who I'm now like I know her from one of our shows, like I might see her tonight. Beverly Crusher, like. To me, that's what this has become—just like seeing friends all together that normally are spread out all over the country.
2: Yeah, it's definitely a community doing yeah. the, the convention, community. right? You know, and 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 we're our own. You know, we we love comics, we love toys, we love collectibles, and like this is our space. Like wait, this is our space, yeah. space. Yes. And I would imagine you walking on the floor, people stop you and and want to take a picture and. And you love that, right?
6: I don't love that at oh. all. I do it because <laughs> it's obviously a real, I mean, what a compliment, obviously. And there's people I've done that with in the past and I'm sure the future. So why not? But the good news about San Diego Comic-Con in 2022, wearing masks. Yes. masks. Wearing masks. That's right. So, by the way, all jokes aside, you're going to laugh, but I'm, I'm not joking. The other reason I'm super glad about the masks cuz I was I was at Comic Comic uh, Palooza in Houston last weekend and uh, they believe it or not this might shock you don't wear masks in Texas In Texas Believe it or You're not? I'm not yeah. kidding. Yeah yeah. Wow, yeah, yeah. A, Isn't that crazy. What a shock. <laughs> so of all places Like on a scale of 1 to 10 cuz this does happen to me a lot this was like only like a 4 but like I mean people come up to me like the best ever, I was at Rogue Toys in Vegas about two, three, about three years ago. And literally a guy walked up to me and was like, fuck you. Oh. And I know what, I don't even act like I know what he means. He's mm. mad about the prices. So uh. I get blamed for the prices a lot because the toys that made us. So mm. like, that's another reason, kind of glad there's masks today. I but yeah, I did, I did see a couple fun, some. I did see some some friends. That's fun,
1: fun, fun. <laughs> fun, fun, fun. I, I What I really like about a comic, so this is my first time, Oh wow. And uh, you know, I, he's told me about it for years. And now that I'm here, you know, doing press one night, it's exciting. But one thing that's driving me crazy is lines, 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 lines.
2: I'm just tired of There's it. There's a line for everything.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just I'm sorry, I don't mean to complain about that right now. I just it's, it's this is to
6: me. probably something I should keep to myself, but I've not learned to do that yet. Uh, probably about seven years ago, I was just like you. And I said, you know what, not doing this ever again. Unless I am paid to be here or I'm here for business, I'm never coming here again. It was just too crazy. And then Toys That Made Us came out, and every single year I've been here, and gotten one of these passes that, I wouldn't say it allows us to bypass the lines, but it's a lot easier when you're invited.
2: So you're saying you manifested not waiting in lines at Comic-Con, and that's why you created Toys That Made Us.
6: If if I did do that, I, it was not intentional. Uh-huh. It was kind of like a lucky break. Okay, but it, I mean, it was definitely ironic because literally the year, the first San Diego Comic Con after I decided that, it happened and it hasn't stopped. Like this is, I think, our sixth year in a row, obviously not including 2020, um, of getting invited. And it was literally the the next summer, after I, just, I'm like, I'm never doing this again.
1: Wow. Well, well, so maybe I need to say that. Yeah. Manifest yeah. that. That's and, right. And we'll be invited every year. Put
2: it out.
6: To make you uh, the president of uh, SDCC. Oh, that'll be nice.
2: <laughs> well, so you mentioned business. So obviously you're here on some business and you have lots of things that are coming down the pipeline. So what's, what's coming up for you?
6: Uh, when is this airing? Next oh, week. Good. So yeah, so we are announcing at our panel, we are supposed to have, th- it, was, it was like literally out of a movie. We are supposed to have three scoops three announcements today. Um, The one announcement we actually are doing is our show, uh, Icons Unearthed, which is on Vice at 10 o'clock on Tuesdays. I gotta keep doing that, because I keep forgetting to do it. Um, It got picked up for season two, and we've only had two episodes air of season one, uh, which is a career first, Um, and it's gonna be Simpsons. So we're doing a six episode deep dive into Simpsons that, in theory, will be coming out later this year. We had a toy announcement, including prototypes. Uh, and I don't know what you know about prototypes. They are a real pain in the butt to tr- uh, to move around. We brought them all the way down here. One of the fun things about the toy business I've learned, uh, a lot of lawsuits, a lot of letters from litigators. Um, so the thing we were announcing today, uh, we got a nice letter uh, from a studio, a movie studio. And they were like, eh, you know, I think we own that. And I'm like, yeah, but the company we bought it from, uh, they, they, they've they had it for like 50 years. And the studio's like, nah, it's ours. And my litigator was like, yeah, you should probably not announce it today at uh, San Diego Comic-Con. So that killed the second one. And then, what was the third one, Brian? <laughs> he just said the quiet part out loud. Um, but yeah, so it, uh, there's a lot going on. But The Simpsons thing, that'll be the big news. It was supposed to be the other thing. I might show the feet. She has very distinct boots. So I might like block most of the prototype, but just let people see her feet. (laughs) And then if they know what it is, they'll recognize. It's not her feet, it's like her shoes or her (laughs) boots. It's her boots. Gotcha. But um, So maybe I'll just show her boots.
2: Hmm. yeah like a slow reveal and and yeah, yeah not her feet though because you don't want any weird foot fetish. That, that's exactly yeah, exactly okay. that's, what that's I was why thinking. i saw your reaction that's i was like plain. boots boots, yeah. boots <laughs> <not> clearly
1: <laughs> what i think is uh yeah, exciting about the, the simpsons i think the Simpsons probably has like a huge story that a lot of us don't know right that's the, the point of the show right it's the kind of real
6: i'm going to tell you something yes tell me and if i'm wrong please tell me okay and i mean that okay so we just put out you know icons on earth star wars where i'd say conservatively the 80th star wars documentary right and again we did different things we got marshall lucas blah 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 i'm not aware of a simpsons documentary that's more than two hours long
1: neither am i i, I don't think i've seen one i think no yeah there isn't i think the only one that i have been aware of was on disney plus now it's just like a standard documentary
6: yeah and if we're talking about the same thing that's like 51 minutes. Yeah, 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 it's super short. So yeah. we're doing six episodes. In theory, uh, it should be the deepest dive ever into the Simpsons,
1: man. Yeah, I, that's exciting. Now. I have obviously you're a Simpsons fan. Uh, who is your favorite character in the Simpsons?
6: Ah, easy, Mr. Burns. <laughs> easy. <laughs> oh, I love him. Oh, God, he, he he's just, I have a thing. And I don't know if this is just me. But like, I always love characters that are like, just so at peace with how evil they are. Like, like everyone loves Darth Vader. I love the Emperor. Like Darth Vader's always conflicted. Emperor, he's like, no, I'm a bad dude doing bad things. It's just what I do and try and stop me. Um, and that's like how I feel about Mr. Burns. Like he knows he's bad. Maybe he doesn't even know he's bad, but he's like, he's just bad.
2: He's he just a bad guy. He just owns it. I bet those yeah. characters sleep a lot better than the conflicted ones. Yeah, right? you absolutely. Know, they're just like, I don't care. I'm bad yeah. and I'm going right to sleep.
6: That's yeah,
1: a, that's actually really well said. Like yeah. being able to sleep because it's just like they know who they are. And that's yeah. it. Because confliction could get in the you way. You don't
2: lay in bed and, and stare at the ceiling and think shame about what your choice yeah, is. Yeah, right?
6: no, it's like, mm. you know, I, <laughs> I, I, like I, me. Got <laughs> nuclear waste in the food supply today. Oh well. Yeah. See what I do tomorrow. So okay, uh, just to
1: kind of add to that real quickly, what is your favorite Simpsons character, Mike?
2: Oh, um, I mean Burns is great. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, I always love Homer. I mean, I know that's he's one of the mains. Easy. But uh, 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 Bill Morrison drew a Homer Simpson as uh, John McClane for me <laughs> once, or, like, two of my favorite characters kind of mashed up. That's awesome. And ever since then, I can't not see Homer as, like, an older John McClane, retired. Love that. Yeah.
6: But my second place would be McClure.
2: McClure, oh, that's right, yeah, I, yes. I mean, he uh,
6: got, yeah. and I'm the biggest Schwarzenegger fan, yeah. like, ever. Like, so that probably has something to do with it. Yeah. But, oh, kills me
1: yeah, yeah. of course great so the mines probably gonna be the the joke of the group because I love Otto <laughs> love Otto oh, no I true. get that I get that, <laughs> that was classic yeah, yeah. I, I get that I just I always thought Otto was just great <laughs> so that's why I was like okay are you guys gonna say Otto no okay I guess I'm the weird one <laughs> I love no. Marge's
6: sisters like they again yes. they know who they yeah, are, they, know who they, are 100%. they don't change they're not trying to save the world they're
2: yeah just, and, just, and that's one thing about the Simpsons in general, right, is that they haven't tried to change the characters to like yeah. modify them. Yeah. Not at all. I don't know. I guess they, one they,
1: of them did they? Yeah, they died, they got rid of uh they, oh, yeah.
6: Yeah. Rightfully so. Yes, uh, yeah, that's uh <laughs>
1: You don't know what I'm talking about? Abu? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, they got yeah. They got yeah. Oh, he's gone. Yeah. Yeah, gone he's gone. gone. Yeah, yeah. area, yeah, he apologizes
6: they... seven times a day. He, <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, today. He's still sub- apologizing yeah. every day. Yeah. yeah. But like, well, he I, didn't write it. Yeah. He, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, he was doing it. Um, <laughs> but again, I mean, there's a lot of things these days. Probably shouldn't get into politics, but there's a lot of things these days where I'm like, come on, you're being too sensitive. Not that one. That one I remember being in high school, being like, "Ah, oh, oh. this would really bother me if I were Indian. Right. Uh, it's yeah.
1: pretty horrible. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. I got that one. That yeah. one I got. Yeah,
6: good move, good yeah. move.
2: Uh, Mike, go yeah, well, I mean, you can't take him out of the video games, though, right? Like, it's... it's
6: <laughs> I don't think it's, they can do that yet. Yeah. <laughs> <so in there. laughs>
1: Could you yeah. imagine that? Like, that's a DLC pack, like, removing character. No, send back your video game. And <laughs> yeah, it yeah, out. we'll change it. We'll change it. Uh, yeah, so that we, that's great that you have all that going on. Uh, Mike, I know you wanted to bring something up particularly about life.
2: Yeah. I mean, so like you mentioned, you know, coming to the con and, and, and as we, as we get older, uh, not old, but older, no, right? I'm old. you know, well, older that, uh, doing, doing, uh, doing the conventions can be a little more difficult, right? Like, so I have a booth, I stand at my booth all day at the end of the day, my back hurts, but you know, we still want to go out and, and hang, but like, you know, there's, uh, there's things to be said about getting older, right? You know, and um, let me ask you this, Brian. What's one of the things that you've noticed in your not old, but older years that, that's, uh, that you find more difficult about getting up and doing things like this, like a convention?
6: I, I'm i going to give you a very honest answer, but like this, I wouldn't blame you for walking out the door later and be like, that guy is so full of shit. But I swear to you, this is my truthful answer. Like, and I mean... I never have witnesses. I mean, my brother-in-law right there—he could be, like. I was born old. Like I feel like I'm Benjamin Button in that. Like, and again, I've said this for a long time. I'm, you're not the first people I'm saying this to, but like, I wasn't a party dude. So it's not like when I was here in 1999, I was, which was the first time I was ever here. I wasn't sitting here in 1999 partying till five in the morning and then going to a panel at at ten. Like I didn't do that when I was 23 and I'm not doing it when I'm 46. Like that, I just was never into anything like that. So for me, and again, I'm not saying this to you for the first time. I've been saying this for years. Like, I feel like I had my midlife crisis at like 28 and like, (laughs) it's kind of been all upside since then. And the thing that motivated my midlife crisis at 28 was I had become a, a manager. Like my first, like I always joke, like making toys now is like my fifth career. And a lot of people, including me sometimes, think my first career was making stand-up specials. But it wasn't. My first career was managing comedians. And I fell into it completely randomly. It was the most, ran- I was broke. I met a guy paying 50 bucks a day. He was a manager. I didn't know what that was. i was was broke did i mention that like couldn't pay rent so you're broke yeah like real broke like people looking for my car to repossess bro so the guy was paying 50 bucks a week cash so i took the job and then you know three years later i'm a manager Uh, and then like you know at 28 i'm like i'm gonna kill myself i didn't want to be a manager so the process that got me out of management and got me into producing stand-up specials which led to the documentaries which led to everything else, it's all been up. Because I had a fine childhood, don't get me wrong, but like I wanted to be making stuff. I wasn't doing that when I was 15. So to your point, when I was younger and in theory better, I was just depressed because I wasn't making movies. Um, Now I am. So yeah, it sounds so cheesy, but I'd rather in my own life, like if I were a basketball player, obviously this wouldn't be true. Like, I'd rather be 46 than, like, I was one of these guys, like, and I'm not just saying this because my brother-in-law's here, but, like, I really was one of these guys who, like, I always wanted to get married. I didn't like being single. Like, I didn't want to be single. I didn't want to be out trying to meet girls at bars. Like, I wanted to find a girl. I wanted to get married. I wanted to have kids and, like, just be chill. So, at 46, again, compared to being 23, just, go when I'm done tonight after the panel, we're going to the hotel, and we're going to go to bed.
2: That sounds
1: great. Yeah. So so I don't know if that's we're, going to work for
2: us. It will sound like you manifested that as well.
6: Yeah, so yes. I
1: guess I need to do that too, geez.
6: My, 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 not to split hairs, but my problem with the word manifest is it implies I had a plan. No. Like, there was no plan. no plan. Like, it was all literally like, I hate what I'm doing now. I got to find something else, and I did. And then it just everything just kept building on top of everything else. Like, they're really was no, like there's no plan, there was no strategy. It was Mm -hmm. just- Just Dive in. I heard a great quote. I swear to God, I heard this like three days ago. I think it's the most brilliant thing I've heard in 10 to 20 years. It was said to me by a chef. And he said, creativity requires momentum. And I think part of the reason that resonated with me is because you would think we're doing really well in stand-up comedy. We're doing really well in documentaries. Everything's going great why would we start making toys? Like that's a notoriously difficult business. It's very cash intensive in the beginning, but the, everything else was working. So why not find a new thing to do? So if you call that manifesting, then I am manifesting. If you call it, if I call it what I call it, which is kind of getting bored with what I've been doing, it's time to do something new. Then if that's manifesting, I'm, I'm a big manifesto.
1: I think so. Yeah,
2: I think so. you've done it. You did it, yes. Well, just, just so you know, I, I I've brought you a, a book Ooh. to help you as you get old. Thank older. you. Well, old. Although
1: I don't think he needs it because he's doing pretty good. He
2: might not, but there's still some <laughs> things in there that you could probably relate to as a as a mid. I like this. Mid, young mid forties gentleman. Um yes. You know, I'm the about 30. five minutes younger than you, so. Uh, all right. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I'm excited to Enjoy check this that. out. Yeah. The, Uncle the, Dad. It, it's the Captain Ahab's Guide to Getting Older, in it.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes. So. Uh, as we wrap up, uh, hopefully that guide will bring you some sort of uh, additional manifest- manifestation powers.
6: I would love that. Uh, <laughs> I
1: need them. Because yep. I think we all need more manifestation powers. Yeah. Yes. Um, but as we wrap up, I do want to ask you one last question. Yes. What has been the biggest, like your favorite announcement so far from any other brand?
6: Of my whole career? Well, no, of,
1: of Comic-Con right now.
6: That I've heard? Yeah.
1: Have you heard any of them? There's, there's lots, of great, lots of great ones right now.
6: I'll be completely honest and this is such a boring answer but it's true william shatner's doing season three of he-man yeah yeah sign me up yeah. that's i funny. mean it's peanut butter and jelly yeah like, i worship shatner and i love he-man clearly like okay yes. yeah that's my favorite thing i've heard so far okay, okay. yeah
1: awesome awesome well okay. uh as we wrap up mike you give any last words before we get go here
2: just i mean we're stoked about the the simpsons series and and so when is potentially that coming? we hope I'll believe it year. when I see it, but okay.
6: uh, supposedly this year. Okay. Yeah, we were, it's like good news, you're greenlit, bad news, can we have it in six hours?
2: Right, always. Yeah.
6: always. It really is always. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I bet, I bet, yeah. Everything's either crazy slow or crazy fast. And nothing in my career is in the middle of those things. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And where can our audience continue to get more information on all this? Is there a...
6: Go, uh, if you want to buy anything from us, like our toys, uh, Nissel store, dot com i hope um <laughs> i'm on instagram under my own name nacelle is nacelle that's the name of our company the nacelle company that's on instagram facebook twitter tiktok all that stuff website
2: and we've yeah. seen some of these legal uh situations on the twitter so we can follow along with yeah, yeah, yeah. the excitement <laughs> of what's happening no, we're, yes.
6: again man like i just feel like i'm uh like i feel like i was on the bench and now i'm on the field and like I just want to tell everybody, like, this is crazy, everybody, you should <laughs> yeah. see what it's like. Like, I feel like I'm in the game because I have the resources to get into the game, but like, I'm not really in the game. Like, I'm just, I feel like a third, like I'm on the outside looking in, even though technically I'm inside looking out. So it's like, you know, I'm reading that letter and I'm just like, people would not believe that. These letters exist. Like, (laughs) like I mean, it was just I'm literally sitting there reading it at lunch, and I'm like, I just, I just got to tell people about this. Yeah, yeah. Well, Well, thank you. Yes, thank (laughs) thank you, thank you. It's entertaining.
2: uh, Okay, Brian. Same
6: here.
1: Always a pleasure. uh, Always. uh, We look forward to hopefully having you again on in the future. But you're very kind. We uh,
6: appreciate the support very much. Of course, of course.
1: Thank you. Take care.
6: Cheers. Live and direct.
1: All right, everyone, you just got done listening to part one of Uncle Dad and Mike's journey into San Diego Comic-Con 2022. I hope you like it. so far, we have so much more coming in the next episode. So just be sure to check back here on the main feed, of course, next week. Uh, and so you can kind of continue our saga uh, here uh, for Comic-Con 2022 in San Diego. Uh, honestly, it was a great time. And I'm I, I re-listening to It's just so much fun. So again, I hope you enjoyed it. And of course, do not forget to check out our sponsor at Clandestine Brewing in San Jose, California. Just do a quick Google search for Clandestine. Go check them out and uh, go grab yourself Uncle Dad drinks before it sells out. And of course, just be sure to check, stop by and just get some of the best beer you can in town. Uh, yeah, so we'll see you guys all next week with part two of Comic-Con San Diego.